Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Beck. And this is DVD Clutter. Just as we're about to record, I had a massive nosebleed. Just because you're so excited. I'm so excited. Recording another episode of DVD Clutter. (laughs) I know. Another chance to um, watch a DVD from one of our collections and then decide whether to keep it, to give it to an op shop, or to send it on a plane back to America. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it'll work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we're looking at one of your films, Paul. We are looking at... The classic, some would say. Yeah. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I'd say it's a comedy classic. Yeah. It's one of those comedy classics that I think people have greater memories of it than actually... What it is. What it is. And also one that I think... I feel like like I had never seen this before, but I had definitely heard about it. Like, it's just a, the name is, you know, in the popular yeah. culture sphere. For those who uh, might not have heard of it, it is a 1980s comedy film starring Michael Caine, Steve Martin, and Glenn Headley, who went on to do a lot of theatre work and TV. So anyway, it was directed by Frank Oz, Yoda. Yoda. And also the maker of The Muppets. One of them. Jim Henson, probably. Oh, yeah. So So what did Frank Oz do? (laughs) I think he did... Miss Piggy. Yeah. And Fozzie. Yeah. Um, And Cookie Monster. Yeah, was very much involved. And Bert. And Grover, yeah. um, on Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia has so much information. But uh, Frank Oz, he doesn't do a film that often, but when he does, it's, it's always a bit of fun. Probably his most famous is Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Great. Thanks for that introduction. That's okay. Um, so this is your film, which means I'm going to give it a little bit of a breakdown. Yeah. Oh, first I'll tell you how it came into my life. Oh, actually. please. So in my first year of university, 2010, mm-hmm. I was in a musical version of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Ah. And on semester break, I went home to Ballarat, went down to Sanity. Yes, I can see. Sanity, yes. nine ninety nine. Purchased this DVD because I hadn't seen it before and watched it that very day. That's great. Yeah. Wait, was that before you performed the musical or after? Yeah, we were mid-rehearsal. Oh, you mid-rehearsal. Yeah. Did it change your approach to your acting um, and your character? Who were so you? Much. I was a chorus member. <laughs> okay. I played a waiter in one scene. Yeah. The scene where he's with the woman from Oklahoma. Okay, yep. I came out and gave them some food. Yeah. And I was a mime in one scene too. Oh, that's technically very are. tricky. Yes. I think they were my two bigger moments. It's an absolutely fantastic show. It was in the musical version. Yeah. The um, production we did of it, they put a lot of money into it, and it sunk the Monash University musical company. Oh, oh no. Um, that was the end of it. Oh, no. Mm, but it was... In your first year of uni, you yeah. were in the like final yeah. musical that they ever performed. That's it. That's really sad. Um, yeah, it was a bit sad. It was great, great fun, though. It, just, it was ambitious that's really sad yeah in an era Um, where we need more musicals we do and we'll we'll talk about we do the musical more later on but how about you give us a plot breakdown i would love to paul Mm -hmm. thank you for inviting me to do so all right so our first character that we're introduced to is michael kane's character lawrence lawrence and he's like a suave english man it's really funny seeing michael kane in this when you're used comedic to him role. in this comedic role, yeah, when you're used to him being like, you know, either like some kind of British gangster or a butler, a butler. <laughs> <laughs> and he also, you know, he looks a bit younger. He's still quite 
old in this. Like, he still looks mm. like he must be in his late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. Mid-60s, even? Uh, I, I would have said mid-50s. Oh, but mid-50s? I don't know. Like, he's not, yeah, he's not young. Yeah. Um, so, we're introduced to him, and Lawrence, it turns out, is a con man. Yeah. Who is conning wealthy women out of their money and jewellery by telling them that he is the king of this foreign country that no one's ever heard of, and that he needs money to help fight the rebels who are trying to take over his country. Seems to be working. He's like raking it in, etc, yeah, etc. Et local authorities on side. Yes, he's got he's the police chief of like the they it's based in like French, French Riviera. Riviera, yeah. So the local police chief is like one of his go-to guys and he's got another guy working for him. He kind of he's been working the system for a while now. He's got the emperor of the galaxy working for him. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, he's got you know, he, he's got um ah oh. Who is it that plays the Emperor in the Star Wars movies? I have no idea. Anyway. That was a great joke, though. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, if... I'm quitting jokes. <laughs> I mean, if someone had got your reference, yeah. it would have really been great. Thanks. It's not my fault, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it bombed. <laughs> it's the audience's fault. Anyway. Yes. So he's like, you know, he, this, this is where he lives. This is where he works, his cons, and it's going, life is good. But then along comes Freddie Benson, who is this American. He's a bit younger. He's played by Steve Martin and he's doing like small time cons. So he's like the first scene where we see him, he's conning a woman into buying him lunch because he's mm. like talking about how his sick mother and he can't afford to buy lunch because he needs to save money to help her get her treatment or whatever. And so this woman buys him lunch. Lawrence is like, can't have this little idiot ruining my game. Mm. I can't have him around. So he like tries to send him off to another part of the French Riviera. He's like, this is, I'm working this town. You need to go somewhere else, but does it in like a a tricky way. Yeah. And then, but he comes back. Mm. So then they're, like, faced with this conundrum. They're like, how are we going to deal with this? da 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 Freddie sees there can be so much more than a free lunch. He sees Lawrence. He sees and Lawrence. Like, yeah. I want in on this. He sees Lawrence's house, I think. And yeah. he's, like... Because he live, he actually lives in this area. And he's got this massive mansion, these beautiful gardens. And, like, he looks out on the ocean. And Freddie sees that. And then he's like, I want this. Mm. And then he proposes to Lawrence that Lawrence teaches him the, his ways, yeah. essentially. And then he'll just... You know, he'll be like his student and he'll do whatever he wants, whatever. Lawrence agrees reluctantly, but yeah. with the idea to try and drive him away again. So we spend a little bit of time watching. Yeah, yeah. cue montage of Lawrence making Freddie do some humiliating things as part of all these different cons that he's running and then not getting any money. So when they're splitting up the money, the police chief gets a cut, the butler gets a cut because they're all in on it. And then Freddie doesn't get any because he's, in quotation marks, learning. Mm -hmm. He's a student. So obviously he cracks the shits at some point and leaves. But then he decides that he's going to stay in the same place. So there's, again, this, this dilemma between them. And they decide that... That they will solve it by making a bet. Whoever can con five thousand or fifty thousand dollars. Like five thousand dollars doesn't seem like that no. much. Whoever can con fifty thousand dollars out of this woman first wins, and the other person has to leave that area. Yeah. So, and they've chosen. They choose this woman. She's apparently a soap, soap heiress. Queen. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought they meant like a soap star, like a like yeah, no, like a, a TV star. But actually, they meant like 
soap like the cleaning yourself yeah. yeah anyway so she's a, she's apparently an heiress of lots of money da 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 she arrives at the hotel with like a bunch of dogs she's like dropping bags you know do you remember she like walks up oh, the yeah. stairs and she's got like all these little chihuahua kind of things yeah. around her if essentially all <laughs> I forgot of, about that yeah all of the clues you need to tell you that she's mm. not the brightest but very wealthy just using a lot of money to shop and have a good time in the French Riviera so they decide that she's going to be their goal she's going to be their the one that they're going to con and they both go about it in very different ways they're obviously trying to outcon each other i don't know if i need to go into too much detail about the way they do that yeah we can talk about it later as we go yeah it's where a lot of the comedy is yeah that's true so uh, freddie has his version of trying to uh, trying to con her out of the money but also lawrence has his version and when lawrence tries to do his traditional the way that he always does he pretends to be the king yeah da 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 he's you know going right down that same pathway well well trodden path and then freddie comes in with another story that kind of overwhelms that and proves that it can't be but then Lawrence comes in and tries to undermine that story so it's a lot of like them twisting on top of each other and trying to trip each other up in their cons the stakes get higher and higher yes um, I did, did want to mention something that's sort of been playing out across the film that we haven't got to yet. Please. So the reason why Lawrence is really, I guess, so worried about Freddy is there's been all these reports in the paper about... The Jackal. This, the Jackal. Yeah. And they're thinking, Freddy's the Jackal. Yeah, Lawrence thinks Freddy's the Jackal. So he's getting all this attention to con people in the area and he thinks, well... I don't need this. I don't need this heat. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just Lawrence refers to him as the Jackal yes. quite a bit while he's talking to his police chief and yes. to his butler, Ian McDermott. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of, yeah, the stakes get higher and higher, the tension builds. And then she's like, you know, in amongst these two people, both of them trying to get $50,000 out of her. And then eventually turns out big surprise. She's been a con artist all along. She's the Jackal. She is the Jackal. So she cons them out of $50,000, leaves, and we think that's the end. So we have this like finale scene where Lawrence and Freddie are like, oh, we really got done over there, didn't we? And they're looking out over the over the ocean and Freddie goes, thanks for letting me stay an extra week. And they're like, oh, I guess things are going to be pretty quiet around here from now on. The summer season's done. The summer, yeah. summer season's done. And then suddenly we hear all these noises, people. We see all these tourists like trekking up from the beach up to the big mansion. And who's at the head of it? The lady herself, which I didn't, who Janet. I did not name. <laughs> Janet. The Jackal. The Jackal. And she is running another con already where she is a tour guide of all of these... Wealthy investors. Wealthy investors. And she's like talking in like a very, like it's like a Boston accent. Like, oh, wow, yeah. oh, wow, oh, wow. And it's a Boston accent. You got that right on the money there. I am so sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, and then she's like, oh, well, if you, you know, if you're needing to invest, you have to talk to old mate. And then she gives him Lawrence a name and says that he's an Australian yeah. who has these investment properties opportunities in, in Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Um, so then we get to see a wonderful scene where Michael Caine has to very quickly come up with an Australian, a convincing Australian accent on the spot, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, that was one of my favorite scenes. And then that's it. And then they like, kind of... And the best bit too. And she goes, and here's his assistant who's a mute. He's a mute. Just, <laughs> just as Freddie starts <laughs> to open his yeah. mouth. Yeah. And then off they go. So they kind of 
head off together, the three of them, and she she says to them, you know, I've made what like millions of dollars over the last summer, but the fifty thousand dollars I got from YouTube was the most fun. Yeah. So she's obviously had a lot of fun playing them against each other, and you know whatever. And then long shot at them walking to the house. Exactly. The credits roll. That's right. Yeah. So they're gonna be happy for a little threesome, conning people out of their money for Forever. years to come. Yeah. The end. Yes. Anything well I missed? No, I think. There's a little bit of a turn that we'll get to. So, at the one point in the movie, um, Jamison realises that... Who's Jamison? Not Jamison. I meant, of course, to say Lawrence. Uh-huh. His name is Lawrence Jamison. Uh-huh. He realises that this character that the Jackal is playing, Janet Colgate, doesn't actually have any money. So, he goes to Freddy and says, look, the money's off. Oh, the yes, that's off. so true, yes. And then... So, he realises, you know, Janet kind of comes to him and says, oh, well, you know, I'm trying to get the money to you. I'm trying to get the money to you because she's promised him $50,000. Yeah. yeah. Dad's trying to raise some more money. Um, and he's like, oh, I thought you were the soap heiress. And she's like, no, no, no. I won a soap competition mm. to, to go on a tour of the French Riviera. So it turns out she's apparently very poor. This character of Janet, obviously the jackal herself is not very poor. Yes. So Lawrence talks about how I only ever go for morally corrupt people that have yeah, too much money. Too much money. Yeah. And, but then Freddie's like, oh, well, let's change the bed. It's whoever can sleep with her first. Oh yeah. I forgot about and that. And Lawrence that. goes... That's. I think Lawrence goes. No, that's gross. There's no way she'll ever sleep with you because you are gross. Yeah, and then so then they change the bet to if Freddie manages to sleep with her, then yeah, and that's where the con really comes about. She alludes to Freddie that she's ready to sleep with him. Ready to sleep with him, and then. Runs handcuffs him the to the bed yeah, and yeah. steals his clothes steals his clothes Hilarious. that's it so look yeah that's basically the plot yeah ready for my review I'm so ready it's good fun this movie and yeah. I think it falls into the other sort of like I guess the Steve Martin canon I feel like Steve Martin comedy films are like you're always going to get what you're going to get when you put one in okay you know, like planes, trains, automobiles. The original, well, the not the original, the later Pink Panthers, even yeah. which I know are probably not him at his peak. Um, yeah. But the jerk, you know, anyone's like that. I, I just like don't know. I just don't know that you're of Steve Martin. Yeah. Yeah. It's eighties comedy. There's bits in it that have aged, and I'm sure we'll talk about them. Mm. But the story itself is still a bit of fun. It, there's some silly moments in. I was laughing out loud. Yeah. And even at the end where I knew the twist that was coming, but yeah. I was still like, I had, you know, that, that ooh, 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 yeah. laugh that I couldn't, yeah. I didn't even put it on that. It sort of came oh, out. God. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> anticipation. <laughs> so I was watching it. Yeah. Um, and look, it speaks to, this is a remake of a earlier Marlon Brando film called Bedtime Stories, which was the, oh, really? yeah, exact same plot. And it's been remade again this year. Uh, the Hustlers. Not, the Hustle. The Hustle, not Hustlers. Hustlers is a film about strippers. <laughs> the Hustle, yeah, with, Anne and Hathaway, Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson, which apparently wasn't great. Yeah. Um, no one saw it, so no one knows. That's because uh, <laughs> it's got two women at the head of it. No. Yeah, well... Maybe. Could be, um, unfortunately. But I still had a lot of fun with this. Uh, it reminded me of my days on the stage, too, <laughs> which is always good. So, yeah. I, what a time that was. I still recommend it to people who just want to... Yeah, I guess either have a bit of a quick laugh where you don't have to concentrate too much, or even people that are building an understanding of comedy, Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it's a good example of 
what comedy was at this time. Yeah. And one that hasn't, I think, aged as badly as others have. There, yeah. there are bits that have, but because the premise of this is just so clean cut, yeah. they're bad guys from the start. They are dirty, rotten scoundrels. Yeah, yeah. And everything is so over the top, which Frank Oz does yeah. so well. I think it's it's easier to sort of see it that for what it is. Yeah. yeah. And a dirt got made into a musical. The whole thing is, you know, there's my theory on musical adaptations is there's got to be the exact right level of campness. If yeah. a movie or a TV show or whatever you want to adapt your musical into is already too camp you can't bring this extra musical campus yeah. to it because it becomes way too over much. the top yeah but this just had the exact right level of campness that you're like oh that's going to the stage yeah i feel like it it would work really well as a musical i can yes. see it as a musical yeah did they do it after this version yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's basically exactly the same as this version yeah with songs yeah yeah and I was going to say friend of the podcast. He's not, but person we've discussed on the podcast <laughs> before, John Lithgow. He actually hates the podcast. <laughs> well, it's not He's like... told us, stop name dropping me. He gave us a one star <laughs> review, but we did send him a Spider-Man postcard. <laughs> Half. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, we give him a full one. <laughs> um, but John Lithgow got nominated for a Tony for playing Lawrence. Oh, in the musical. Broadway. He yeah. can sing. Yeah. Oh, my love for him just gets like deeper and deeper. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So Is that all you, you have think? to say? Yeah. What did you think? Do you think your view of this changed? Was this the first time you'd watched it for a while? Yeah, I hadn't actually watched it since that. Since you bought it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I bought it on the day and watched it on the day. Yeah. Yeah, it probably has changed a bit. I'm so glad I did watch it and do that musical though, because I feel like, and you know, it's probably bias on my part, but I feel like references to this have come up at different stages of my life, and I've been so glad to be like, I do get that, because I, I actually that. have seen, yeah. Yeah. seen that. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I watched it then, and I'm glad I watched it again. Good. Well, look... I think you were pretty nervous about me watching this. I always am with comedies because... Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a massive killjoy. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> so true. It's so true. I actually find it very difficult to... I could never be a comedian because I'm too... I have too much empathy. Mm. And I think I don't... I wouldn't tread that line well enough between what is offensive and what is making a point or what yeah. is, like, being satire. So... I would find that very difficult as a comedian. And I also find it difficult as an audience member because I'm always so aware of who they could be offending at all given times because I guess maybe because I've, am part of a minority group. That's it. But maybe also because I'm overly sensitive and empathetic. It is hard for me to talk about, um, <laughs> you to tell me to get back. Yeah, to my that's place. it. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'll, you know, Check all the privilege. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Look, I'm going to put your mind at ease and say... You didn't hate it? It wasn't that bad. It's... Yeah. So, the the bit for me, the biggest thing for me that I think if I watched it again, I think I would enjoy this movie more because I know that she... Gets the twist the was, Because she gets them at the end. Yeah. Because for the longest time, I was like... I, it, on, this is gross. It wasn't obvious to me yeah. that she... I was like, surely she has to be. She has to be. But I could, didn't trust anything enough to think that she actually was going to con them in the end and she was yeah. going to get the better of them. And full praise to Glenn Headley, who was probably the uh, second most well-received acting performance in the film. She won some critics' awards for it. Michael Caine did get nominated for a Golden Globe. Oh, I think yeah. mainly because people were like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Even at that time yeah. they're like this is so out of character for yeah him. yeah um but yet she is brilliant in this she plays yeah. the innocent like damsel in distress, damsel in distress yeah. and then just turns it yes in the, end. the last bit is so satisfying yes. oh, it is just so brilliant. satisfying oh and when that's done musically 
Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I had like I've I've got some notes that I'll mm. go through in a second, but just on that on that particular moment, I had like for the whole thing, I was just going, "Come on, she has to be. This can't this can't end like this. Like they can't win. She has to be the jackal. She has to manage to get the better of them at the end." And then when she reveals that she's not wealthy, I was like, "Oh, phew. Okay." That must be, that's obviously part of the con. And, but then it went for a little bit too long. And I was like, fuck, what if it's not? Maybe it's not. And then I just, I, my next note is she better be scamming them. Otherwise I'm out. Then the other thing was, I was like, please let her be working alone. Like I didn't want her to be working for one of them. Yeah. I thought at one point I was like, oh, maybe Freddie has got her on side to like work with her. Or maybe yeah. Lawrence has like paid her off to work with him. It's so interesting because I was involved in the production at the time when I first saw this. I've never watched it not knowing the twist. Yeah. So, yeah, I I totally get this. Yeah. It made me... It actually was too stressful for me. Like, if I think watching it again, I would be more relaxed and I'd be able to enjoy mm. what is funny about it. Um, all of our listeners will never get to watch it without knowing the twist either, so... Spoiler alert! <laughs> oh, yeah, too late. Fuck. But that's good, because you guys will be more relaxed. I mean, maybe you don't get as stressed as me about these things, but I was very stressed about it. I just didn't I just didn't want it to turn out that she was a pawn for somebody else. Because the reason for that is because there is just overwhelming amounts of footage and scenes where women are fucking dumb as dog shit. Like, just completely, like, yeah. idiotic, completely Well, they are the marks Barbie-ish. for the con. They've been... Yes. But they're all women. by Lawrence. They're yeah. all women. Because that's his shtick, you know? I know, like, but yeah. it, uh, it doesn't sit well. Whenever you see them conning women, the women are, like, just literally, like, lapping up what they say. Even when... The first scene where we see Freddie and he comes and sits down with that woman. He sits down with her uninvited. She's trying to read her book. First of all, I'd be fucking annoyed at that. Mm, yes. And then he starts talking where she's obviously doesn't want to talk. And he just like starts going on and on about his poor sick mum. And you're like, oh my God, this is so fucking obvious. And she's like, oh, let me buy you lunch. You can have anything on the menu you like. And he's like, I'll have da 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 It's the punchline. It's lame. It is. Sorry. And yeah. it's just a bit tiring to see women so be portrayed as being so, so, so dumb throughout the whole thing. So I don't know if I was going to remake this film, I would allow that reveal to come earlier. I think, even though it is very satisfying at the end, I just wanted to see more of Glenn Headley as that high status, you know, in power taking control because that was fun that was fun to watch for that you know two minute segment that we got to see of her being like the badass that was good so i wish that we got to see more of that because i think that i would have enjoyed it more if i had have got to see her it would have been more satisfying for me because the majority of the movie was very degrading to women in a lot of ways and thank god the twist was actually the twist Mm, yeah Again, totally get that perspective, having only ever watched it with the twist, so knowing what she's doing yeah. really does change your perspective yeah, on totally. everything going on. Yeah. So I wish yeah, I wish I knew the twist earlier. Yeah. But besides that, I said, Oh, the first thing that was funny was that it was like it's like the original Nigerian email from a Nigerian. That's prince. It, exactly. <laughs> oh and that opening scene, that bit so when they're doing their first con and it's all about being very... As in Lawrence is doing his yeah, first one? Yeah. And um, being ve- with the head of police, that being very secretive and like hushing this woman, being like, no one's to know that he's the prince of yeah, whatever. Yeah, the king. Yeah. Yeah. And just every time they talk to her, they get her and then they and grab her and push her into, her into a, a bush. bush. <laughs> <laughs> and no matter where they are, it's just the... 
That was my next comment. It was like pushing into ferns. Yeah. It was very Monty Python. It was very like... It's that, yeah, British, but you know, that Frank Oz humor too that's yeah. sort of like um exaggerated it's kind of ridiculous like it's it just ridiculous it's and a serious situation everything is being taken it's kind of what we talk about a lot in improv is like it's the stakes are really high for the characters the situation is absolutely ridiculous but the characters are playing it so, so straight seriously yeah. and so straight and that is where the funny comes in yeah yeah that was just so funny no, laugh out loud at the ferns yeah the ferns yeah. i laughed out loud at that as well i just i was shocked at michael kane that was one of my notes i was like mm. michael kane can i just michael kane brilliant actor yeah um very good in this his hands are quite ugly Oh. You see a lot of close-up shots of his hands. Oh my and he god, got that's some, such a specific thing. He got, he got, and I don't want—I don't want to offend. You don't hand Veteran of stage and screen, Michael Caine, but I think you are. Mm. <laughs> he's no, they should have got a hand bottle in for those no close-up scenes. Exactly. He needs a anti. He needs a chamber. Mm. Help me with that one. Yeah, Zoolander reference. Zoolander. <laughs> All right. What else? Oh, I liked the exaggerated difference between the American. And the British style of mm. like going about their ways, like the yep. Americans are just so brash, and like Freddie's just like can't stop talking over the top. Yeah, you know, all about me, 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 me. And Lawrence is very like refined and whatever. And I just thought that was funny. And it, it is, and it, even when it comes down to Lawrence sort of trying to educate him and be like, use your money for good. Like you know, you get a chance to contribute to society with this money. Make a beautiful garden. Yeah, this is yeah. something that you can do. And yeah. he sort of talks about how like. He had this passion for all the fine arts, but had no talent. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Freddie just wants Cash. excess. Yeah. He just wants more and yes. more of everything. Yeah. Um, and again, reference in the musical, there's a great number called Great Big Stuff that yeah. Freddie sings and he's just like... That's what he I wants. Just, yeah, I just yeah. want everything, yeah. but huge. Yeah. Can you buy... The, is there a musical on DVD? Or on, uh, I don't know. Did they ever record one? There's a, there's a soundtrack, but I don't know if they've recorded the... Mm show we'll, well just have to put look, it on when your local high school does it go yeah. see it we've got we're getting a list of musicals we need to put on as oh, a dvd repo. yeah as a dvd <laughs> clutter oh my god that would be amazing i said you might object to this but i said i don't know it's all in good fun or whatever but they're talking about how women are the weaker sex and then Freddie's like, they're not the weaker sex. They're actually sponging mm. off us all the time. And he goes, let us live off them for a change. And I just said, that's an interesting perspective on the systemic suppression of women over time. Yeah. There, as I said, there's some <laughs> clunky dialogue in there that you go, okay, that's been ironed out for the musical. Um, 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 um. Oh, the the makeover montage, I really, I love them. I love oh, a montage. Gosh, yes. So when they, when Lawrence has decided that he will take Freddie on as a yeah. subject, as his, as his uh, student. Hugh putting on the Ritz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just like montage after montage of him, like, you know, following how he walks and yeah. how we're trying to do the talk and yes. like hold a glass to, of hold a glass of, yeah, whatever. I love that. That was fun. This bit, I don't know about this. This was pretty fucked. And I think if they remade this, they wouldn't do this. As part of teaching Freddie what to do, so Lawrence has decided mm. that Freddie is going to play this character of Ruprek. 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 Yeah. Who is his brother. And this is a way of frightening off these women. Once he's yeah. conned them, um, Lawrence is like, you know, supposedly in- engaged or proposed to these women. They're going to get married. But then he wants he needs to get rid of them without seeming like a jerk. So he introduces this character of his brother who is has some form of disability, intellectual disability yeah. or something that means that he doesn't adhere to social norms. So he's like locked up in his room, goes over the top with these women, puts the women off to the point where they leave. Yeah. And that was just, 
uh, they have to get rid of that. It, like, it's an interesting one. That's what I was most worried about going into this film. I yeah. was like, oh, that's probably... And it was less bad than I thought it would be. Right. I thought my memory was that he played it a lot more like a intellectual disability rather than what... I th- and this is how our production of it did it in the musical, because yeah. it's still in there, Yeah, is that you really emphasize that he's just a weird person right. rather than, like, there's no, like, physical disformant or anything. He's just like, ooh, spoons. Right. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think... there were moments in this where he definitely was acting as if he had some form of disability. Yes. And I think that's where it crosses the line. But I think there's still a way to do it and just make it, like, a weird person. It's yeah. Like, do you, want to, do you want to see my pots collection? Let me bang it in your face. You yeah. Know, like, um, yeah. And, yeah. Or even, I wonder these days, I was thinking if you do it, you just made him like a gross man. Like yeah. just an absolute... Like a lech. Like yeah, a, yeah. Like a... Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, that like one's... a Harvey Weinstein kind of character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. very problematic for me, that, that whole section. Yeah. I didn't yeah. really know what to say about that. I was just like, this is Cause yuck, I think you can, and I don't like it. Yeah. You can make a weird character there. And Steve Martin, I think, tries his... There are aspects of it that I think work better than others. Yeah. And there are aspects of it that are offensive. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Because I do remember at moments being like, um, oh, okay, now he's just like the weird dude. Because he didn't... He would, he would At times he would do the physical stuff and then he wouldn't do the physical stuff as much. Mm. And just like be trying to be overbearing and, you know, yeah. an annoying person. But the fact that he was like locked up in a room, like, what does that tell you? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's like, oh, yeah, I keep my brother locked up because he's so dangerous and so, like, damaged. And, you know, and in, in historically, who do we keep locked up? People with disabilities, people who have psychological illnesses, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, it, that bit was really problematic for me and I didn't enjoy it at all. And I think they'd have to – I'd be interested to see what they do for The Hustle if they include that in yeah. the, the Anne Hathaway and the Rebel Wilson remake. I wonder if they do anything like that. Yeah. 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 That's it. I do wonder because I know the only reason that I know Steve Martin really is from Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live mm. and his friendship with Tina Fey and Amy mm. Poehler, who are my heroes. And I just wonder because they are such amazing women who, I mean, they tread the line as well, obviously. And I just wonder how Steve Martin looks back on his previous work these days. A lot of people, I wonder, because yeah. I, and I think that Steve Martin is an ally for you know, he's a probably is a feminist, is a ally for women's equality and an ally for LGBTQI plus and probably is a decent human being. Mm. Just judging off the fact that he's friends with my heroes and yeah. hopefully they're decent human beings too, but they could not be, who knows? And I do wonder how he looks back on some of this stuff. Yeah. My wife and I had this conversation a while ago, just as more and more stories rightfully come out about how awful a lot of men in Hollywood are. Yeah. Um my wife actually asked me, what do you think about Steve Martin? Do you think he's okay? Yeah. So I looked up. Apparently he is, yeah, really good, except he plays the banjo yeah. in like jazz ensembles and he really likes talking about it on an overly technical level. So apparently he's quite boring to talk oh, to. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> um, like people like honestly just like, oh, Steve Martin, my hero, nice to meet you. And he's like, he's like so when you're plugging you a banjo... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, really, yeah, non-ironically yeah. into it. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. dull. So dull. But, but inoffensive. Yeah, a bit inoffensive. <laughs> yeah, well, which is, offensive to some yeah, people, maybe. <laughs> but imagine this guy who's just so incredibly funny and then, like, you get him off, off stage he's and he's like, like, let me talk to you yeah. about <laughs> the width of banjo stream. <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. Um, so that's, yeah, I think he is one of the better guys. But also, like, he was... And uh, there's a, 
awesome documentary. Well, it's, it's actually a mediocre documentary, but it was an interesting subject matter talking about um, National Lampoon. Yeah. And the Groundlings. Yeah. And sort of their splinter that was at Myth a couple of years ago. I wish I could remember the name of it. I might have to post it up later. But it just looks at how completely fucked that whole world was because everyone was on so much cocaine. Yeah. And everyone was sort of like uni student shitness yeah. in a world where none of that worked. Yeah. Um, it was a weird environment to be in. Yeah. And an awful environment, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. But it's it's what it was. Yeah. And you just hope, yeah, there were some good people around. Yeah. And I think there was. Mm, they were. I, I like to think that they're always uh, good people. Yeah. Yeah. We hope. Yeah. <laughs> I just found a article about someone else who found that aspect of it a bit offensive, and they do have a good point. They say, which I forgot, the word chromosome is used to talk about um, Ruprecht. Yeah. That's suggesting that you know he has some chromosomal abnormality or suggesting that it's yeah it is some form of disability then which not great it it isn't great and yeah again if we're made in a modern setting yeah that definitely wouldn't be in there and i'd like to think yeah that they'd think of a more clever way yeah to run that character yeah and again it's the nature of comedy you're keeping close to the line yeah and we've talked before. But I think the about... line moves decade to decade, so... <laughs> yeah, oh, it moves year to year. Year to and year, it's a, yeah. And the closer we approach that line with films that we'll look at, the, I guess, more limiting the shelf life is. And sometimes you've got to look through the lens of what was it doing at the time? Yeah. And what was it progressing forward a conversation? So, you're like, weighing up the benefits of having that out there and... I think there's an important role of comedy to keeping a mindset on where the line is and yeah. why that line is there. Yeah. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. Yeah. And I, I don't think you, we can praise everyone who made a poor taste joke in the back to be like, yeah, they were doing the work You're so that we can understand point. it yeah. better now. But it, there's comedy has a shelf life that the, the further you get away from it, the more so you've got to look through, I guess, a historical lens and a critical lens to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And in no way am I trying to excuse it. It, It's a terrible line. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It was terrible and is terrible now. Yeah. But the nature of comedy is... But the nature of comedy isn't to make fun of people. No, but it's to deal with taboo. But in a way that is cleverer. Yeah, than this. Is cleverer. 100% agree. More clever. But you're throwing out a lot. Yeah. There's going to be stuff. Yeah, like come you're, you're going to make mistakes. Whether it should make the final edit. Yeah. I just think like I... This is, again, maybe this comes down to me, but I would just feel so bad. Like, I don't know. How... It's just it's just a bit thoughtless, I think, when people make stupid mistakes like this. It's thoughtless because it's not thinking about the impact that this will have on people watching it. Like, it's okay. It's thinking about the impact it will have on the majority of people, as in it's going to make people laugh, but it's not thinking about the impact it will have on people it talks about or people it references or who the jokes are actually making fun of. So I don't know. I don't think that's ever excusable. Yeah. And I guess I'm not trying to excuse it. Or am I? Sounds a lot like I am, doesn't it? <laughs> and I, yeah, I think people... It's a sh- complex issue. And this is. is why I can never be a comedian. Because and people I should feel bad about it. not tell any jokes. But how do, how do we move forward? Like, does it mean that, you know, we... Well, we should. We burn all references well, to the past. No, of course not. We, we just should already be forward. <laughs> but that's, that's not how it's going to work, Beck. I know, but but can't people just already be like? Why can't people just think about these things? Because they need to learn. But what? They should just know. No, it's like my students. <laughs> that's how I teach. Yeah, no, <laughs> guys, just know, just know it. 
I think comedy has an important role in progressing the world. In, like, provoking discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I just maybe could never do it and claim my right to be outraged yeah. at every turn. <laughs> Look, fair enough. I just get frustrated when things are so obvious to me that other, and other people don't see them. Yes. but Particularly people who are making films. Yeah, I understand that outrage. Yeah. And it's outrage I'm sure many people do feel yeah but you know what what can we do with it we can we can talk about it in a podcast yeah. and, um, and then i feel better that's it and ex- <laughs> i just need to vent and express those those issues and start the conversation yeah i think that's that's the way to move forward well yeah it is obviously you have to have a dialogue about it you have to talk about it hmm. but I, and i think that's just it the with comedy the further you get away from it the more you need to have the more that dialogue becomes important yeah anyway yeah and the only other note i had on this film was great accent work Oh, the, yeah. the Australian accent was pretty good. And the German accent? When did he do a German accent? When he played the um. Oh, when he plays the therapist. Prince. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah, for the majority of it. Yeah. Um. Michael Caine, great in it. He is great. Again, deserved that Golden Globe nom. I have one more as well. Yeah. I said it. it's not a turn on people, listeners. This is some advice for you. Mm-hmm. It's not a turn on to talk about how much you loved your ex. Oh yeah. So the whole the whole story for the whole con with um Freddie's con is that he's. In a wheelchair, he's a wounded Navy officer, and he's in a wheelchair. He can't walk because he saw his fiance dancing with somebody else, mm. and dancing naked, dancing naked with somebody else. Um, um, and so he, like, you know, he's traumatized, psychologically traumatized from that, and now he can't walk. And when he's trying to get Janet to fall in love with him, he just talks about how sad he is about his ex and how much he loved his ex yeah. and all this stuff. I, I was he's like, trying oh, to, at that point, he's not trying on. to. Um, he's trying to get her sympathy. Yeah. I know, but it's just like, I don't know. I was just, I just think it's a good, good thing to remember. If you're going on a date, if you've got a Tinder thing happening, don't talk about how much you loved your ex and how much you, how you're upset you are that they spurned you. Fair enough. So, um, yeah. I did want to just get your opinion as a media teacher too, oh, though. Yes. <clears throat> And my film. final weeks of a media teacher. Am I a media teacher anymore? I don't know. My kids are You're all always finished. A, once a media teacher, always a media teacher. All right. Uh, this film. I have been deleting all of my Adam. Oh really? Emails. Every time the media foundation emails me, I'm like, bye bye, delete. <laughs> Would you show this to the kids? Would I show this to the kids? It, it's PG, and I don't think there's anything in there apart from the stuff we've discussed, which is. I... <laughs> more offensive rather than I don't think I would show it to the kids because I feel scared that they would start imitating the Rupert character mm-hmm. and then I, that children would... <laughs> are awful <laughs> and that would that would just be a whole yeah. minefield that I was not prepared to dive yeah, into I, and diffuse you're right I guess the year nine sense of humor might pick up on the wrong parts of this yes 100% yeah yeah um, yeah I was yeah. Just, just wondering do you know, it would be great to see this film told from the Jekyll's perspective, yeah. from the woman's perspective. I'm thinking... Jekyll? The Jekyll. The Jekyll. I'm thinking um, miniseries. Oh. Uh, five episodes. Yep. Each 45 minutes. Yep. And you've got five different perspectives. Oh, yeah. You know, you do Freddie, you do Lawrence, you do uh, the Jackie you'd save for the end. Yeah. But you could also do it from the chief inspector. Yeah. Get a bit more backstory on him. Yep. And then also... Uh, well, because in the stage show, one of his earlier cons, so I think they're very confident the start, they change her name in the stage show, she gets a much larger role and okay. sort of um, comes back in. Comes it. back in and sort of always comes in at the wrong time. And right. then she ends up falling in love with a 
police inspector and they have like a outrageously hilarious love scene. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Um, So you can do something like that. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Hollywood, come talk to us. Come on. We're ready. Bring it. We're ready. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Um, Oh, and I did. The other thing I want to talk about too was because we touched on it already. This was a remake. Yeah. And I think we need to, like, I know we're doing remakes all the time now of yeah. superhero movies, but I think we need to get back into the remake culture of not superhero movies. <laughs> you know? Like, just, we're just praying for anything that's not a superhero movie at yeah. this point. Well, just back, release something that's not a superhero movie. Back in the days before home video, films were remade all the People complain about too many remakes now. Before we had home video and TV. Oh, yeah, of course. They all were. the time, it would be the same script. Yeah. And then they go, what's popular at the moment? Uh, Westerns, cool. So let's cross out all of the detectives and make them cowboys. Cool, now space is popular. Let's cross out all the cowboys and make them aliens. Yeah. And it really, I think, helped develop great stories. Yeah. And part of the joy of going to the cinema... I wasn't alive in these days, I'm not that old. (laughs) But part of the joy when you sort of get into that mindset is recognising the story story, and being like, ooh, now it's a spaceman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think we need to do that a bit more. I think people need to be happier to remake and let's not just get angry when but the, there's no a, original stories but i think remake in a way that's originality is like, dead it died last decade but remake <laughs> remake in a way that's not like this is literally shot for shot the same film hey just gus, with like we'll talk, i've got gus van sant psycho we can talk about oh, that at some yeah, stage. do you actually <laughs> yeah oh my god okay can't wait but remade in like a different setting or so essentially the same storyline mm. but there are differences and it's updated yeah Yeah. i think that'd be great it's good fun and maybe this is and maybe we should have seen the hustle i did i'm one of the people who didn't go see it like the majority of the world yeah but i don't go to anything yeah that's true i might watch it when it's on stan is it coming to stan how Uh, do you know well you said it with such confidence i assume it's just the exact same production companies that did this because it's the same i guess so so and this is on stan by the way everybody yes it is yeah you want to talk about home video though before we get to my ultimate decision so it was just I was scrolling on Facebook mm. this morning, actually. Yep. And Fact. and I saw a post and I read the article about a guy who has created a blockbuster in quotation marks video in his basement where he is like he's VHS crazy and he's got like all the VHSs and he's got he set up like um little lolly stands and like he's got the counter and he's got rows and rows and rows of vhs's and you can actually go and buy some of the vhs's but i don't know if you can borrow them Mm -hmm. i think it's like a purchase only situation yeah but it looks so like because he just apparently loves vhs's and was like what am i gonna do i guess i've got a disposable income I'm, mm. I'm just missed that that nostalgia is just so thank hard god i got now. married because otherwise that sounds <laughs> that like would be you. <laughs> it was a stage you're the dvd life. version of that when um borders was closing down and i seriously considered buying like all their like the dvd display stuff yeah. and like the dvd video section yeah i'm so that what a waste of money like but when you get your mansion you might want to have mm. like a, a theater you'll have a theater in there like a cinema and then maybe you'll have like the DVD store off to the side. Yes, that mansion just around the corner. <laughs> I'm assuming that's I'm assuming that's what your money's going towards, right? Oh yes. You work hard for the money. Mm, very hard. <laughs> um, anyway, I thought it was fascinating. That is. Yeah. I, yeah. Nostalgia's a weird thing. So weird. So weird. So. So. The time has come. It has. Uh, what do you think I'm going to do? I think. Oh, that's a good question. I kind of think you might keep it. Mm. I think you might keep it. I, I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. Yeah. I kind of thought this was one, you know, that we'll do for the sake of doing. Yeah. But I'm going to send it to the op shop. Oh. 
Controversial. I'm, yeah. Look, there's not many features. There's one feature. It's the theatrical trailer. You can find it on YouTube, folks. <laughs> it so, was made at a time before they knew that special yeah. features were going to be a thing. It's on Stan. It I feel like Stan. it's going to be on a streaming service for a while. Yeah. Um, just a little brief history. Orion, who made it, were a subset of MGM. They got into a lot of financial sort of difficulty. So now the rights to any sort of Orion film are cheap enough. Oh. That it's going to end up on a streamer. Like, oh. it's definitely a content filler. Right. Who was it? Orion? Yeah. They're an offshoot of MGM. Oh, yeah. I see. Orion Pictures Corporation. Mm. So, it's going to be on Oh, streamers. we should have said that this was... Did we say when it was made? I said 80s. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a more specific year for me? Yeah, I do. Great. 1988. Well, 1988. There you go. I was born. I was one. Wow. Yeah. I was alive. Um, yeah, so, look, it's going to go to the op shop. I don't think it needs to be burnt. I don't think so. We could just scratch the parts that where Rupert is yeah. involved. Oh, I think, I don't know, we should record... We should put a link to the podcast in the DVD and be like, before <gasps> you... Oh, maybe after, you know. Yeah. Debrief with Declutter. Yeah, Debrief with Declutter. I love it. Yeah, do it. I mean, how can we do that? We can't. Yeah, we, we need like We need a it. Matrix-style hacker to come and help us. That's it. Where are you, Neo? <laughs> Neo! Um, so that's the decision. That's it. Thank um, you for listening, folks. Yeah, thanks. We've got a little bit of DVD clutter business. Mm. We want to say a big thank you to the people who are writing reviews. some reviews on iTunes, which is really awesome. We would like to congratulate yeah. our listener who will be receiving a postcard in the mail very shortly. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so people who have reviewed, make sure you, I think, e- email us that you've reviewed it, email us with an address and we'll send out a Spider-Man postcard to you. Reviews are great to see. Any interaction with us is great. Get involved on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the email, with your reviews. Star reviews is good. Written review is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all at DVD Clutter. Yep, at Gmail, yep. Instagram, DVD Clutter. Uh, we also wanted to say that this is our second That's last so episode for season one. Yeah, we are coming to the end of the year. We're going to go on holidays very soon. And Woo-hoo. as you know, teachers just get like half a year of holidays. So mm. we won't be back for yep. ages. <laughs> um, next week, we're going to do our Christmas themed finale. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to shut up shop for a couple of weeks and we will be back in January. Great. So next week. If you want to actually do a debrief with Declutter, mm. you could get ahead of the crowd and listen, oh, not listen, watch <laughs> Love Actually. Um, that's the movie we're doing next week. I'm sure you've got a copy somewhere. Yeah. It's also on. It will be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, In fact, also... you can go see it. The, yeah, MSO is doing a live score to it. Oh, really? In the next few days and you know you've seen it a million times so the visuals will just come naturally mm. you'll just, yeah. just come up with no that. they're playing they're doing the one where they play the movie and play and the they do it at the same live, time yeah no. soundtrack that's amazing yes uh, some bangers on that soundtrack for sure yes um it's also on stan if you can't be bothered going to the to the mso yeah oh it's expensive too is it really one, yeah. oh, that's for the upper class yes we're not there the yeah once you get your mansion yeah <laughs> then the mso Those will come the to French you <laughs> exactly all right well Thanks for listening, as always, um, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. There you go. We'll just cut out the rest. Yeah.